Well, you know, we have just gone through Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the race is on to find the perfect gift. Isn't that true? Trying to find the perfect gift. So the important thing is not only to find the gift that someone wants, but the gift that they really need, right? I mean, have you found that yet, that gift that they need? That gift they need, some of you yes, some of you no. You're still searching for it. And so what we want to do is take a a two-part series out and talk about God's gift that he gives to us. There's a lot of gifts that he gives to us, but I want to just focus on two, uh, one this week, and then in two weeks from today, the next part of the series, and then don't forget next week that we'll be together for Jingle Jam. That is going to be a powerful time together with our children's ministry as well. And so I want to look at these gifts today on joy and a couple of weeks from now on God's presence. You know, we know the Christmas story that there are a lot of players, aren't there, in the Christmas story. We have Mary that we're very well aware of. You have Joseph, the Magi. You have the angels. These are characters that respond to God and to God for what he has done through the birth of his child, Jesus Christ. We know that Mary responds, she sings a song. Um, The Magi, they bring their gifts. The shepherds can't stop telling the story to everyone that they meet. And then there are the angels, and the angels' response to God is joy, and not just joy, it's great joy, isn't it? It's great joy, the Bible says. And uh, that's the word we're going to spend time on today, joy. And so today, as we look at this, we're going to look at seeing, recalling the night Jesus was born in Bethlehem, that Luke chapter 2 says this, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Now it's interesting, we see this largely because the angel uses the word joy. Joy has become a word that we talk a lot about this time of year. It's on coffee cups. It's on t-shirts. It really is kind of this sort of universally sought out, accepted word in our culture. And so we look at this. I learned this last week that the tears of joy emoji is the most commonly texted and tweeted emoji worldwide. Did you know that? Did you, you do now, you should start using it. Start today, do it, okay? And, and do that's the most commonly known and given out. And so we understand this as what, well, what is joy? Well, we know it's not an emotion. We know that. We know that it's just not up in the ups or downs. It means that you have strength from God to face anything, anything. The joy that God gives us as a gift to us doesn't come from what you have. I want you to get this. It doesn't come from what you have or what you own today. And if you do, you're going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a downer. But it comes from what you know can't be taken from you. Joy comes from what cannot be taken from us. That's where joy comes from. See, everyone agrees this. Joy, more joy would be a good thing. How many of you agree with that? Right? None of us are going to deny that. More joy is a good thing, and we want more of it. So whether or not you're part of a church, a faith community or not, we could all get behind that one. That's for sure. Not just the feeling 
But there, there is a deep abiding joy that God wants us to have and he has for us if we will come and understand what this word really means inside of the word. That kind of really like, you know, this joy with legs, if you will. Joy that, that touches your mind and the deep parts of who you are. Joy that can hold the weight of this world and even the challenges that you are going through today, that we can have joy, that joy that doesn't wane when our circumstances change. So a few observations on joy today, if you will. The first one is, joy is here. Can you say that with me? Joy is here. Well, what do I mean by that? If we look at God's word and we look at this story, we've all been in a mall. You've come, you've looked at one of these directories, a map, and you have an X to say, you are here. Or it's a red dot, right? We've all seen that. You are here. And you're trying to find the place in the mall that you're trying to get to, whether it's a store, an eating place, or whatever. You're trying to get to and navigate it. You look at it, and you're saying, from here, here's where I am, and that is where I need to go. And so we've all done this before, trying to find our way. And so what many times we mistake joy for saying, well, I'm here, and joy is over there, or it's upstairs, or it's downstairs. There's another neck of the woods in what I'm in. But see, I want you to understand as you look at this story, joy is where you are, the life that you are living today. The shepherds discovered that joy was where they were. That is it. All of the sudden, in the midst of that life, what we talked about even last week, the mundane business as usual life that God shows up right where you are at, joy shows up in the midst of our life. And so I want to just tell you this, you don't have to go on vacation to find joy, even though many of you think that. I did too many times, right? I got to go on vacation to find joy. And so, because really what happens is there comes a day you have to pack your bags and you have to come back home and somehow the joy leaves, right? Or the happiness leaves, but it doesn't have to. The joy doesn't have to. But I also want you to know this. You don't have, you have to leave your job to find joy. Amen? And also this, you don't have to leave your spouse or your family to find joy. Can I hear a big amen on that one? That it's suddenly God shows up. Despite our culture's commitment to that word this time of year, for many, we don't experience more joy many days. We actually experience more anxiety, more activity, a more acute sense of loneliness. You know, there's more people lonely right now on planet Earth than ever before. There's a deep sense of loneliness that people feel. Some of you in this room today, you're feeling lonely. There's more emptiness. In the midst of all that, in the midst of this chaotic season, there's all these mysterious messengers that we see that God has that he's brought to us, and they're called angels, who light up the sky with some simple but profound message. I bring good news that will cause great joy to you. Notice the angel doesn't say, I bring good news and great joy. Rather, as we look at this, it is a syllogism. Because of the good news, there will be great joy for you. It's there if A, then B. This tells us that true joy is always a response, always intertwined with, always connected to the good news. There's a great thinker many of you have heard of. His name is C.S. Lewis, and he wrote a book called Surprised by Joy. And Lewis had a brilliant mind. 
He had a reputation for being unfailingly honest in his life. And in this book, Lewis recounts his search for joy. See, he spent many years of his life as a very committed and a very thoughtful atheist. He grew up in church. He rejected the rigidity of legalism that so many of us see and feel. He didn't like it, the things that he experienced growing up. But in his book, Lewis recounts how it was largely this word joy that led him back to faith in God. He said he could find no other lasting source outside of this person, Jesus Christ. He discovered this after years of searching what the angel said was actually true. That great joy goes hand in hand with the good news. If A, then B. And so part of my hope for you in this message today is to help reconnect joy with the source of our joy and bring us back to what the angels said. The glory of the Lord, we see this. They are there and in this scene they experience great joy and he, the writer of Luke writes, the glory of the Lord shone around them. And I know that we hear this story so many times, we gloss over it, we hear a bit of this verse, and we hear it every year, and it's easy to pass it by. See, we can't do that. We need to dig into the text a little deeper and understand that the word glory, in its original text and meaning, there's more depth than we give it credit for. That inside of this word glory, it means a weightiness and a heaviness or abundance. Now, this isn't a word that comes to say to come and crush you because it is a word about the glory of God that has come down and it is about an abundant glory that God wants you and I to have today. That's what he has promised to you and to me even inside of this Christmas story. And so we understand this. Many of you are familiar with physics and math, and you love all that. You're just crazy because I can't even understand math. But there's this basic principle for those of you that understand this, that two objects cannot occupy the same space at the same time. How many of you recognize that and know that to be true? That really is true. That means if two bodies need to occupy the same space at the same time, the denser or heavier or greater of the two will always win out. It will always displace the other one. So what does that have to do with the angels? What does that have to do with joy? What does it even have to do with glory? Well, a lot, actually. See, this principle helps us understand the word glory, the word doxa, in the original meaning, when we celebrate this time of year, what the angels came to communicate was this new reality that God became human in the person of Jesus Christ, and so God is with us. And we kind of look at this because we even sang about it today, and I hope you understood as we even sang about it, that there's this sort of beautiful collision between heaven and earth coming together, that up there has come down here, and our human reality has collided with this new God reality. And here's the thing. When the collision happens, the weightier of the two, the weightier of the two realities, the glorious reality, displaces the human reality. The angels are like living proof of this when they come and they're saying this. And so we understand this, that that's what happens when God gets a hold of our lives and gets a hold of us individually, that the weightier of the two will always win out. Also, joy is sent. 
Can you say that with me? Joy is sent from above and not created from within us. The glory of God shines through us and in us. It's living proof of what happens when God displaces our human realities such as fear today, such as anxiety in your life, or even discouragement today, or it could be depression that you are going through today, or it is shame of the things in your past, shame of the things you did or did not do, or the human reality that you're living in. The angels we see, they're living proof of this. It displaces that. That's the good news of Christmas. See, at Christmas, realities collide. But that's the good news. That, that's the heart of good news. You know, a fair question for us today is what is the source of this reality of this new good news? What makes it so good? You know, around this time of year, we, we sing the Christmas song, Joy to the World, written in 1719 by a guy named Isaac Watts. Isaac Watts composed 750 songs during his lifetime. Don't, don't feel too badly about your own life, but apparently it takes that many to get a good one. Joy to the world, and we know that one well, right? Joy to the World is the most published Christmas song in North America. Again, this is just an indicator that our world is starved for more of this world, the word. Watts based his song out of Psalm 98. It's so important as you look at it because it names what this good news is. And it says this, sing a new song to the Lord for he has done wonderful deeds. His right hand has won a mighty victory. And his holy arm has shown his saving power. The Lord has announced his victory and has revealed his righteousness to Israel. The ends of the earth has seen the victory of our God. And, and I share this, how important this is, because I share this with our first service today. I want to share it with you that this morning, a family came in here, and they're, they're, uh, they had a father that came in with them, and he has been searching for God. And as he came into the doors of this church today, she said, I want you to come and speak with my father. And I went over and spoke with him. His name was Norman. He was in our first service. And he did not know God, but he said he wanted to find God. So before our first service, Norman accepted Jesus Christ. Amen. When two realities, amen, collide, Norman's 91 years of age. He accepted Jesus Christ today. Amen. That's awesome. See, the psalm speaks to the collision and the reality of the world that we live in, and it speaks to the Savior that we have and what he will do, that he will go to the cross and he will overcome death and his victory will be our victory, and he will extend this invitation to everyone, to every shepherd, to every Jew, to every Gentile, to every prostitute, to you and to me. But the good news is, it's for every single person. It's a love that is unconditional today that we have to come and try to wrap our minds around. It's a love that knows no limits. It's a love that will chase you down. He will be faithful. He will not stop pursuing you. 
and breaking into your world with peace and more peace and be your shalom until you're redeemed. This is what Peter spoke about when he said, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Growing up, I used to sing this song in this chorus, joy unspeakable and full of glory. I don't know how many of you remember that song way back when. We used to sing about this, but can you imagine a joy that is so amazing that it's unspeakable, that there is no words, Peter says, to comprehend that kind of joy. Joy unspeakable and full of God's glory. And then we realize that also the Bible says that, God, in your presence, there is fullness of what? Joy. In your presence, God, there is fullness. I want to be in the Lord's presence. So in your presence, God, there is an absolute fullness of joy. That's what God wants to bring to us today. And so I want to take a moment today and contrast the picture of joy with what we often see in our culture. So often, joy is chalked up to happiness and emotions we feel in response to a certain circumstance or particular situation. And so we see this, and so we can become dependent to other things that we think bring us joy rather than real joy. In other words, the only circumstances affecting our joy is our acceptance of the fact that Christ's existence is in us. And our worlds have collided And we understand that changes everything if we will allow it. Joy unspeakable and full of God's glory. And the angels knew this and the psalmists know there is this greater and truer reality that comes to bear to mind on us on earth. There's good news that cannot be thwarted by circumstances or by emotions that we go through. A great Quaker theologian said it this way, I don't trust the theology of any person who doesn't laugh. How many of you like that one? right? You know, don't take yourself too seriously, right? I don't trust the reality, that, that, that understanding the theology of any person who doesn't laugh. That's great, isn't it? That's just awesome. Here's the thing. It's not a flippant, out-of-touch laughter. It's not a forced laughter in us. It's a laughter that results knowing this, and it rests in all will be well, and it's not an emotion that I have to conjure up or manufacture that I am held in him today, and there he has my well-being at his best interest. That God's victory is my victory. That's the best part of the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the person who feels they can't get a break. It's the person who feels they're waiting today. And they've been waiting and waiting. It's the person who, who is living overwhelmed with anxiety here today. It's the person that's living in depression or fear here this morning. It's for the parent who is just tired. It's for the woman who has suffered a miscarriage and is living with great grief. It's the man who feels like he suffered and he's just living one day to the next without any greater sense of purpose in his life. There is a joy that's unspeakable for you this Christmas. And third, joy is a choice. Can you say that with me? Joy is a choice. Yeah, the Bible tells us joy is a choice, right? We get to decide on any given day whether we will choose joy. Any season, given season, that we choose joy. So joy is a choice. So how do we choose? What do we do? How do we make this thing tangible? Because it really is tangible. The first thing is saying yes to the new reality. 
It really is saying yes to this new reality. You know the biblical word for saying yes is repentance? And it literally means, this is awesome, to think differently after being with. Isn't that great? Like in the Bible, there's this guy named John who goes around announcing Jesus He's coming, and he says this, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So there's this phrase, good news. We see in John's gospel, good news is the cause of great joy, and repentance is the gateway to good news. See, Christmas represents this collision of these worlds. It represents God's reality entering into our reality, but we have to make a choice for it. So will we go on being the same or will we enter into a new reality today and understand will we think differently as we move forward? That also requires that we say no in a way, that we say no to our own kingdom, right, our own pride and our own selfishness and our own indifference, our own entitlement that we think, that we think we have Those are some of the biggest barriers of joy that we will experience in this life. Instead, we say yes to this new God reality, to the reality really that we really want because we want to experience more joy. It's marked by forgiveness. It's marked by selflessness and, and compassion and concern for the least of these. Maybe today, maybe today, you would have a conversation with God. And you would take a moment out and repent. That God, I need to think differently about what I've done and what you've said. That God, I'm sorry. And I'm I'm going to begin to think differently about my new life and this new reality and just naming it and saying yes is something that we can do to decide to follow Jesus. Every day we make a choice towards this. Will we let his glory in? Will we let it in? Will we let more of God's way into us? Think about how amazing that would be. What if that same glory that seeped out of the angels that night was the same glory that shone through us and through this community in which it is? That we say yes to God. That's where it starts. That's where his glory begins to flow through us. The second is you got to make space. It's in making space. See, in the Christmas story, it's really interesting. You have the angels, and they are some of the most joyful characters of all. They're the most joyful because they're perpetually living in the new reality of Jesus. Then contrast the angels with the innkeeper who we indirectly meet earlier in that chapter, and uh, we meet with Mary, Joseph, newborn Jesus, or in a stable. There's no room in the inn, and we know the innkeeper kind of gets a bad rap for that. And it, and it wasn't like he said no, confrontational. I don't like you, Jesus. No, and I'm rejecting you. It's just sometimes they, he gets the bad rap, right? You can't come in. Instead, it's something more dangerous right inside of us. It's a default no, a no in us. It's uh, my life is too full for you. My schedule is too packed, God, for you. There are too many parties to attend. There are too many gifts to buy, right? There are too many family members to feed, Lord help us. Far too many religious services to be a part of. Sorry, but no. How many of you today 
are saying a default no to Jesus because you're too busy, too full, and that also there's no joy. See, saying yes to God is important, but we're called to structure our lives in a way that continues to make space for God in our lives. It's interesting. You read this Christmas story. You read through the Gospels. People always had to give up something to gain joy. You just don't get joy and live in the current reality you're in. Filled, your life is so filled with your kingdom and your entitlement and what I think I should have. And I, and I want this and it is my plan and I'm going to do it my way. You can't live in God's joy if you don't give up these other temporal things and ask for his eternal joy to come in and occupy that same space. See, when God's glory comes in, it pushes out the other things that really don't matter. That's the key. We want more joy many times, but we're not willing to give up the other stuff. We see this. The Magi who visited Jesus had to say no to Herod. They had to blatantly disobey to say, no, no, and this is dangerous so that they could say yes to Jesus. So that they could say yes to joy. Will you say no to the other things that don't really matter and say yes to him today? See, because you realize this, that rejoice and joy and rejoicing in him is your pushback against the pressure that you and I feel every single day. You and I live in a world that is full of pressure. Isn't that true? Oh, yeah. There, there, are, there is the tension of schedules and the things that are going on in us and the things we don't like going on in us and the things we have to attend and the things we have to go about and the things we have to fulfill. But let me tell you something. Joy is the pushback and your rejoicing is the pushback against the pressure that you feel. So you understand that rejoicing keeps you strong inside when there's pressure on the outside of you. Amen? So you need to push back. And joy is the choice to do that. Thirdly is pay attention. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, pay attention. Come on, pay attention. Some of you are drifting right now. Some of you wonder, why is the sanctuary so cold? Because you sleep. <laughs> pay attention to God's glory. Pay attention to the ways in which this beautiful reality of the creator God is already breaking into your life. See, after having visited the baby Jesus, we're told the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. See, the, the shepherds had witnessed the birth of their victor, their king, and they left their sheep. They made space for joy. Now they're traveling home, and Luke is quick to point out that everything looks different for them. And so they can't help but offering gratitude. Got to offer something here because I've just seen Jesus, and my response is joy and gratitude, and even for the smallest gifts, and they can't help but worship as they go. And now they're going back to the same jobs, and they're going back to the old same sheep, back to the same night shift, but they have a different lens, and they're going to have a different vision. That's what I pray that every single one of us gets today. There's a new lens that you're going to have because the glory of the Lord has shown around us and on us and through us. And so we have a different lens 
than what the world looks through today, and thus we should. Because Jesus is born. He is our redeemer, and he is our life giver, and he has set us free, and he wants to set other people free. If you're going around and you're not living with joy, I don't want your religion. Hello? Hello? I don't want what you got if you can't be joyful. Why would I even want that? The world's full of that crap. Are you with me? About said another word, but I have to redeem it. That was... You got to understand something. We had a donkey in the sanctuary, and we're going to create a series, right? When the donkey came into the sanctuary, or the $8 side, you got in here, and we're going to redeem it through Jesus, amen? You got to understand God's people to be people that are filled with joy, right? I mean, come on. We realize the joy of the Lord is our strength. How do we get our strength? The joy of the Lord is your strength. So the new reality is, like the angels, I want to be in the presence of the Lord. I've got to be in the presence of the Lord. I've got to be mindful of that. I'm in the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Lord. And so we see that, and I want to be a part of that. And so my natural response will be joy and paying attention to the new day, paying attention to the people that are sitting next to you. Pay attention to the people in your home. Pay attention to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pay attention. Pay attention to the student sitting next to you, your campus, to your teacher teaching in front of you, to your principal tomorrow inside of his or her office. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention because God is working through them too. Because this is good news for all people not just a chosen amount, but for everyone. That's the new reality that we live in through Jesus Christ. It's a different vision. It's a different lens. So pay attention to the sound of children playing. It was great to see kids come through and experience a Bethlehem experience together and hearing them talk, and they got to sit on the donkey, and they got to touch the animals, and they got to see baby Jesus. Well, it wasn't actually baby Jesus, but it was pretty close. Beautiful children. Pay attention. We say, God, thank you all the ways in which your reality is breaking into my reality, God, and changing that. So as we pray today, I just want you to just make this time between you and the Lord, and then we're going to sing joy to the world before we leave this place. May it fill our hearts and fill us before we leave this this place today in his presence. Will you join me in prayer? Father God, we thank you. Thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for all the ways in this moment you're making good on your promises. For the ways in this moment that heaven has come to earth. That God, you are redeeming and transforming us even as we sit here. And God, that We would have to admit that many times that we tend to focus so many times on the little and the smallness of our own lives, our own little kingdom. And we neglect to see the breakthrough happening, neglect to live in the joy of all the reality 
that, Lord Jesus, you represent. So, God, we come today, we say thank you. Thank you for this season. Thank you for this time to focus on the truth that comes through Jesus Christ. And that, Lord, we don't have to be afraid. I pray as we walk through this season that we would make space to live in the goodness of this new reality inside of you. To see you in ways we otherwise might not even see you. God, that you would show up in real time in the day-to-day. And may our response be one of worship and one of great joy. God, that we love you and we are so thankful for you. And we pray this in your mighty name. And everyone said, amen.